Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Robert Mueller turns up the heat on a former top Trump campaign aide. Plus, Jeff Sessions says no for now to a Republican push for a special counsel to probe the FBI. And the president says the U.S. will soon leave Syria. That's news to his staff. This is the State of America Tonight. Mueller has his eye on the ball. It's the Trump campaign. President Trump, his supporters can no longer say that collusion has not come up at all. I can only say this. There was absolutely no collusion. Everybody knows it. We want special counsel that's independent, uh, that has full ability. Just in the last two weeks, the president has started attacking the special counsel by name in tweets. There's just this toxic culture in the West Wing. They plotted to get rid of me as secretary. There's all documentation about this. That's why I made some changes, because I wasn't happy. Hello, I'm Manu Raju, live in New York. This is State of America Tonight. After a tumultuous work week, who doesn't need a little getaway? President Trump is no different, returning to his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida for the Easter weekend. And as Trump heads to his private golf course today, it will be the 137th day as president. He has visited a property that bears his name or that his organization owns. And all of it comes as one of his former top campaign aides, Rick Gates, under increasing scrutiny in the Mueller probe. Court filings show that Mueller is pressuring Gates, but not on his old boss, Paul Manafort. Instead, sources tell CNN that Mueller wants Gates to help with his investigation into possible coordination between the Trump campaign and Russia. CNN's chief legal analyst, Jeffrey Tubin explains. Someone who worked for Paul Manafort also worked for Russian intelligence. We now know that Rick Gates was in touch with this person. The Gates-Manafort team, which was running the campaign for a while, and Gates was in, stayed on after Manafort was fired, were in touch with someone from Russian intelligence during the campaign. Sounds like a pretty big deal to me. And one Senate Democrat says the development should give the White House pause. Since he's a cooperating witness, uh, that to me would be a very concerning development uh, if I were in the Trump administration. Uh, This is the first time you've got a direct link between an active campaign leader and Russian intelligence. And in Congress, a Republican pushed to establish a second special counsel to investigate allegations of alleged FBI misconduct has hit a roadblock for now. Attorney General Jeff Sessions says John Huber, a federal prosecutor from Utah, will lead that probe, adding that a special counsel should only be appointed for, his words, extraordinary circumstances. But for two members of the House Freedom Caucus, these are indeed extraordinary times. This Department of Justice is not complying with the subpoena and with the oversight responsibility that we have in Congress. And so for the attorney general to suggest uh, that there's not enough there there is just uh, extremely disappointing. 
how can Mr. Huber, and he's probably a great lawyer, I don't know much about Mr. Huber from Utah, but how can he investigate his boss, Rod Rosenstein? That's who he reports to. Mr. Rosenstein is involved in all this FISA abuse that we think took place. So you have to have a second special counsel. I hope Jeff Sessions figures that out and names one very soon. And now to another issue the president may be happy to leave behind in Washington. That's the fallout between Russia and the West over the poisoning of a former Russian spy in the U.K. Russia is now upping the ante in retaliation for having its diplomats ousted across Europe and the U.S. Moscow is now expelling diplomats and test-firing an intercontinental missile. Here's CNN's Phil Black. This particular weapon is said to be big and powerful, big range, multiple warheads or delivery vehicles, and also said to be, according to the Russian president, pretty much invincible. The development of this weapon certainly has a lot to say about the way Russia wants to be seen in the world going forward. Russia's actions are a red flag for a former U.S. ambassador to the country. Normally, states test missiles when missiles need to be tested. Any linkage of nuclear deterrence with the current SPAT is an upgrade that I think one needs to be careful about. The mere notion that there's a minor chance of something going awry on the nuclear side should disturb us all. Now, let's get more details on the special counsel's investigation into Russia and the Trump campaign. I want to bring in CNN's political correspondent, Sarah Murray. Uh, Sarah, what do we know about what Robert Mueller wants to learn from Rick Gates? Well, look, we know that, of course, Rick Gates uh, pleaded guilty to financial crimes that were not involving his work in the campaign. Uh, but in the run-up to this plea, I think a lot of people were wondering, you know, if he was going to strike a deal, if he was going to flip on his longtime business partner, Paul Manafort, who, of course, was the chairman of the Trump campaign as well. But we're learning from sources who told my colleague, Caitlin Polance, that in the run-up to this plea deal, when prosecutors from Mueller's team were meeting with Gates, they said, look, we don't necessarily need you to make this case stick against Paul Manafort. What we need you for is our core mission, which is, of course, investigating uh, allegations of collusion between the Trump campaign and Russian officials. And we got sort of our first inkling of what kind of information Rick Gates might be able to provide in that front in a series of separate court filings from Mueller's team in a separate case. Now, in these filings, they allege that Rick Gates was in contact with a person who's not identified in these documents, but as someone who is essentially a suspected Russian intelligence operative. Now, sources have told CNN that that person is Konstantin Kalimnik. That's a person who also has close ties to Paul Manafort. In these filings, the special counsel's office makes it clear that they believe this person is pertinent to the investigation, Kalimnik, the suspected Russian operative, and also that Rick Gates was in touch with this person during the campaign and knew at the time that this person had ties to Russian intelligence. So that all gets to this sort of broader notion that Bob Mueller certainly is still investigating collusion. This is an ongoing probe. And, you know, we've seen the president out there publicly over and over again saying that this is a witch hunt because nothing he has seen from Mueller's office seems to have anything to do with contact with the Russians. You know, when you look at Rick Gates and Paul Manafort's original charges, they were financial crimes. But the latest filings from the special counsel's office sort of take steam out of the president's argument. Yeah, it just show, goes to show you so much more to learn about what mm-hmm. the special counsel is investigating. A lot more to come. Sarah Murray, thank you for that report. President Trump shocking members of his own administration after revealing his plans for American involvement in war-torn Syria in front of an enthusiastic crowd in Ohio. Yesterday, the president told supporters this about his plans for the ISIS battleground. We're knocking the hell out of ISIS. We'll be coming out of Syria, like, very soon. Let the other people take care of it now. 
Very soon. Very soon we're coming out. We're going to have 100 percent of the caliphate, as they call it, sometimes referred to as land. We're taking it all back quickly, quickly. Uh, but we're going to be coming out of there real soon. Now, a senior administration official tells CNN some of Trump's aides were surprised by those comments, saying, quote, we are still trying to figure out what he meant about Syria yesterday. Caitlin Collins joins me live from West Palm Beach, Florida, where the president is vacationing. Uh, Caitlin, has the White House explained what the president actually meant by those remarks on Syria? Not exactly, Mono. There's, Manu, there's been no request for or no clarity for a request for comment on what exactly the president meant when he said that. And that's likely because people inside the White House are still trying to figure out what exactly the president meant when he said that. He was boasting about the United States, saying they're winning the fight against the Islamic State and that that could soon signal withdrawal of troops from Syria. But even those inside the White House say they don't know exactly what the president was talking about. And a senior administration official telling my colleague Jim Acosta today that they're still trying to figure out what exactly the president the president meant by that. And it's not just inside the West Wing. It's also over a defense, a defense official who is intimately involved with the campaign against ISIS said they also didn't know what the president was talking about, as well as the State Department spokeswoman, Heather Nauert, who said she had not seen the president's comment yet, but there was no plan to withdraw from Syria that she was aware of. It also conflicts with something that the defense secretary, James Mattis, said just a few months ago when he said there was no timeline laid out yet for what the plan was in Syria. So if the president has made this decision, which is certainly well within his right here, Manu, he certainly has not informed other officials. But one other thing I'd like to point out is this is a president who often says he's not going to telegraph his military moves when he's been asked about Syria, North Korea, the like. He's oftentimes said he's not going to show his hand. He's going to keep his cards close to the vest and he's not going to telegraph his moves like he said the previous administration had done multiple times and it had not worked out for them. But that seemed to be exactly what the president was doing there in Cleveland, Ohio, Manu. Yeah. Was he actually telegraphing his future move or was it just a slip up that confused his, uh, his own officials in his administration? We'll see if the White House decides to clear that up. Caitlin Collins, thank you for that report from Florida. Coming up, Attorney General Jeff Sessions has named a prosecutor to look into possible political bias at the FBI. But should he go further and appoint a special counsel instead? The panel joins me next. There are new developments with the Justice Department's investigation into the 2016 presidential campaign. Attorney General Jeff Sessions has decided not to name a special counsel to look into accusations of political bias against the FBI, at least for now. Meanwhile, court filings this week reveal Robert Mueller's team is alleging a connection between a Trump campaign official and a Russian spy. The panel tonight, Brian Karam, CNN political analyst and executive editor of Sentinel Newspapers. Alice Stewart, a CNN political commentator, former communications director for Senator Ted Cruz. And Cabot Phillips, media director at CampusReform.org, and he was also an official on Senator Marco Rubio's presidential campaign. And Corrine Jean-Pierre, senior advisor for MoveOn.org, and a former Obama White House staffer. Thank you guys all for joining me today. Alice, I want to start with you, this decision uh, by Jeff Sessions not to name 
a second special counsel. The president, of course, has been demanding this investigation, even suggesting perhaps a second special counsel. Do you think the president's going to be satisfied by Jeff Sessions saying, you know, we'll let a federal prosecutor in Utah look at this instead? The way it sounds, this, according to Sessions and the DOJ, is this may not be quote-unquote, a special counsel, but it's doing a lot of the same legwork, a lot of the same investigation, looking at a lot of the same facts. And the key point is that this isn't to say that this may not lead to one. So I would hope the president would take a step back and let this play out and and see what Sessions and... have a lot of hope. Exactly. (laughs) Take a deep breath, breathe, and see what happens. Sessions has been very reassuring that, look... He still has a lot of the same powers as a special counsel. He's still doing a lot of the same work as them. It may not be called that, but let's just give it a chance to see. And in the end, we may end up getting well, to exactly it's, to it's where the president of, wants. It's a legal matter. The special counsel is for a certain thing. There's no conflict of interest. So he did the prudent thing. He actually did the judicious thing. Right. But it's also a very dangerous precedent in this country when we're going after it's like a ten-pot dictatorship. When you go after your opponents for no other reason than they opposed you, what has happened to democracy in this country? Where is the rule of law? And the president, I submit to you, since he's come into office, has subverted the rule of law in the United States. And he never knows from one day to the next what he's actually doing. You talk about this, and the one point you should always go back to is he always calls the Russian investigation a witch hunt. On one hand, he tweets it. But how is it that it's a witch hunt when his own administration, he himself, in, when, when we put sanctions on Russia, sanctioned the 13 Russians that were indicted by the witch hunt? Do you think, do you, I mean, um, Cabot, do you have any concerns with how this Mueller investigation is playing out? Do you think it's a president is right to call it a witch it, hunt? It seems at this point that both sides are, are not even seeking the truth as much as they are just vindication, that both sides feel as if they've kind of overplayed their hands. The Democrats saying we have indisputable evidence that there was collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign, haven't seen direct evidence of that yet. And the Republicans seeking vindication on their claims that the FBI was acting improperly and going after Republicans. I don't like that. I'm sorry. But that word collusion, if we can get away, it's it's what you really need to look at. I mean, you don't have to go any further than the president when he was running for office, standing up in a speech and going, hey, Russia, look at her emails. That's really all you need. But for, I, I wonder, it's, though, it's obstruction Kareen, of justice. Yeah. Do you think, though, that the well, Democrats are at risk at all of, of overplaying their hands? Let's just say that Bob Mueller uh, exonerates President Trump on this issue. Should <laughs> Democrats back off on the Russia issue right now? It doesn't look like there is a nothing burger. Robert, we have to remember, Robert Mueller is a Republican. He is well respected by both sides. And he, what he seems to be doing uh, is, I mean, he knows more than we do. We only know the tip, we only have the tip of the iceberg. And so, but what You're he's right. doing is going, I mean, the fact that he's going after Gates and what we're learning, what's being leaked through the press about how he's, he's focusing on Gates for um, uh, what conspiracy or wh- whatever you want to call it. I, you know, it, it, it would it's, be obstruction of justice. But obstruction, but I think it's more than obstruction of justice because he's going back to, to right. Trump organization, well, so that's not just Trump uh, to obstruction correct of justice. You, there has not been, to Mueller's credit, there has not been leaks to the press. No, no, I'm not the talking all, about Mueller. I'm not, not talking about Mueller. I'm talking about we, the lawyers, right. the people who go and speak no, to Mueller. That's where the leaks been are no coming leaks. from. 
not not none. from it, not from Mueller, not from Mueller. That's what I'm talking about. What I think we're learning out of knowing that he is uh, talking to Gates and and getting to that information, I think that is a telegraph to those who've been out there adamantly without knowing what the end result is, saying there is no collusion, there is no coordination. We don't know that yet. And in my view, with talking to Gates, he is the person that can connect the dots and can indicate whether or not there is collusion. So I think this is a pushback saying uh, all of you who are saying that there is no coordination, no collusion, that's a little premature. Yeah, and just, just so our viewers can see, we, we actually have a graphic of, of just all the different contacts that have occurred uh, between the Trump campaign uh, and, and Russia over the years, the things that we know about. Uh, Rick Gates, uh, of course, now the Papadopoulos claim. We have exactly. Russians. They said the unwitting officials talking to unwitting Trump officials. That was from the Mueller uh, indictment of the Russians, the Trump meeting, at, at the Russian Trump Jr. meeting at Trump Tower. Uh, and, and it goes on. Carter Page, Jeff Sessions, <laughs> right. Michael Cohen. But they, they still have not come to the, the conclusion, which we have not seen yet, of that there was an effort, a witting effort by the, by the Trump campaign to coordinate with Russia. But I want to ask just a, slight, a slightly related question, Cabot. How come that the president just, he refuses to call out Putin in light of, especially in light of today's news, that there is an intercontinental uh, missile test yeah. uh, in retaliation for the president, for the United States expelling these Russian diplomats. How, why don't you think the president goes after Putin the way he does his other political well, opponents? Maybe not going after him with his words, but we have seen him go after him with some of the actions. We've seen sanctions. We've seen the dealing with the diplomats, even the selling of arms to the Ukrainians. I think that's kind of a show of strength against the Russians and empowering the Ukrainians. Uh, but if we, there's anything we know about President Trump, he likes to be liked. And I think that was evidenced by his call to Putin, where many times his uh, interpersonal relationships with someone like Putin don't aren't always backed up by the way he's dealing at a diplomatic level with the Russians. Despots. That's the problem. And I think most Americans can agree that you know that was a sham election. That was not a real thing. I think a lot of people would have liked to see uh, you know a different kind of uh, message sent to Putin after that election. But it is important to remember President Obama gave the same call. Thank you, or congratulating Putin that on the election. Prior, that, that was prior to this. That was The elections were still learned. the same. Vladimir Putin was no, still no, a no, murderous but, thug but at that point. I, I'm not saying that, but things have... Uh, Russia has meddled in our election. There's mm. been a lot that, that has occurred. That was prior to the 2016 that was, election, Exactly. Yes. And so there's a, there's a difference there. And not only that, Donald Trump has no problem going after TV, t- TV personalities, sports stars. I'm you know, the enemy of the no people. Problem, but I, Putin, who's a dictator, he can't say anything about Putin? That's problematic. We're going to discuss more. We're going to discuss more of this in the next one. Hold your thoughts, panel and viewers. Uh, Make sure you come back because coming up, President Trump made his TV career by telling people they're fired. But he doesn't like to seem to tell people that to their face. Our panel weighs in on the string of dismissals next. When's the last time you spoke to him? I spoke to the president yesterday. What was that conversation like? We spoke about the progress that I was making. That's before you were fired? That's correct. You spoke to him. He made no mention of the fact that he was about to terminate you? That's correct. And then you found out via tweet? Yeah, right before that, uh, the chief of staff, Kelly, gave me a call, which I appreciated, gave me a heads up. (laughs) Lord have mercy. That's former Veterans Affairs Secretary David Shulkin at MSNBC recounting how he learned of his dismissal. Think you've heard that one before? Well, it's become something of a familiar theme in the Trump administration. 
a panel back here to weigh in. Uh, Alice, <laughs> why doesn't the president just pick up the phone and say you're fired? Well, let's just say hell hath no fury like a scorned shulkin. He is on fire. <laughs> yeah. He is going to sure repay is. some some debt. <laughs> Clearly, the president loved to, uh, as a reality TV star, he loved to say you're fired. He doesn't like to do it uh, in person because they're real. It's consequences. Here's the thing. When you That's... have the responsibility of hiring people, you also have the responsibility to let them know to their face that they're fired. And, and the way he goes about doing it, uh, everyone at the White House, according to everyone, their job is secure until the very second that you get that tweet in. It's the, not. The I just think it's death is when he tells you. When they tweet fine. out, everything's fine, and I've never supported anybody more than so. Yeah. You know they're gone the next day. <laughs> exactly. And, you and have full supreme confidence. Yeah. And what I have says they have confidence in you, you're, you're done. Uh, his replacement, uh, a potential replacement of the Senate, confirms in Ronnie Jackson, his personal physician, a real admiral in the U- USA Navy for the past uh, several, for some decades. What do you think that he's never managed a bureaucracy, certainly not like the VA, the second largest yeah. agency within the federal government. Are you confident that he could do a, a good job? As the VA secretary? Uh, I think so much of it has to do with the president valuing loyalty. And, and when we saw, you know, two months ago when he was up there on the stage talking about President Trump's health and talking about how he's never seen anything better and all of those things, I think that surely played a role. And he likes people that look good on TV or willing to go to bat for him. Uh, the concern there, like you said, is the lack of administrative experience. I think a lot of people would like to see someone who has actually run a large organization, let alone a one with billions of dollars at its disposal like the VA. Yeah. The thing about that is, if you look at it, when it, when it went down, and I was in the uh, press room when that came out and standing next to Sanjay and we were both talking and as he told us you know the guy could live to be 200 if he had a better diet and you know then he kind of slowly told us he had heart disease but he's still the most healthy man in the world and he's not obese I, we kept we looked at each other and goes why is he doing this and it didn't really dawn on me until like an hour after that I said where do I know this name from when they announced who the you know new nominee was and I go now I get it. Yeah. It's, it's all about... It's, yeah. It was an audition. It, it seemed that way. You know, but it also but comes here's the point, though, man. The, the real point about it is the president is right about one thing. When he says the Democrats haven't allowed him to put his team in place, and he should be allowed to put his team in place, if this is who he wants... He should be allowed to put his team in His team place. has been filled with uh, so many, con- well, a lot of controversies. I mean, Scott Pruitt, the EPA administrator, back in the news today, not for any reason that he necessarily wants, uh, scrutiny over his personal security, some trips that the best he people. came to yeah. Disneyland. He took his security to Disneyland, allegedly, uh, as well as now uh, staying at a, a, a lobbyist house. I wonder if they got on the rides with him. A lobbyist <laughs> with ties to the energy industry that he was only paying $50 a night on Capitol Hill to stay there, which, of course, is not much. No. It's basically a gift. Uh, I'm wondering, what do you make of just the, the constant stream of controversy from the cabinet officials? I, I mean, I this, are these fair criticisms? I don't, it's absolutely. I mean, he said he would bring the best people. We're seeming to get the worst people. It's the swampiest it's like the cabinet. Flies. It's There's the no swampiest cabinet it. that we've ever seen, and they're corrupt. They're not equipped. They're not. I mean, just this, just this doctor alone. He, yeah, I'm sure he's a great doctor, but he's not qualified to manage a 200 billion dollar agency. Uh, the veteran agency, as you one. said, is the second is the second largest uh, after the. You, you talk to a lot of Republicans uh, on the Hill. Do you think that they're satisfied with the president's cabinet? Are they concerned about the president's cabinet? Do they, or do they just tune it out? They tune it out. They're concerned about the president's ability to improve the economy. Uh, they like the tax cuts. They're not concerned about personnel at the White House. They're concerned about pocketbooks in their own house. And that is what they're focused on. I, speaking at GOP events all over the place, even all the, the porn stars and the playmates, that goes in one ear and out the other. They are concerned about their <laughs> own, it, does, own the fact that What about for your, what about your former boss? <laughs> yeah. You've worked for a Republican senator before. I wonder if, if 
people around the country care? We've got midterms coming they up. Don't. Do people in Michigan and West Virginia and they Wisconsin don't. actually care about this? I think about what about about the turnover in the White House. They do Even care about the chaos. They don't care about the, the Stormy that, Daniels. They I don't, don't care, think the average person in West Virginia is noticing what's no, going it's, on it's, with the president's shown, cabinet. It's shown in, in, in polls that they actually don't like I chaos. I think when it comes down, though, to getting people out to the polls, I think it's harder to motivate them to do so based on the standpoint of go get to the polls because there's so much dysfunction in the White House. I think it's easier to say go yeah, get to the I polls, disagree. look at your pocketbooks. Look I, at I the disagree. The ultimate question is whether or not this just distracts from the message that the White House is trying that to push. Absolutely. It does. We'll see if that happens. A lot A lot to monitor in the weeks and months ahead. Panel, thank you so much for for joining us today. And this is day 435 of President Trump's administration. And that's the State of America tonight. Check out our podcast, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. And we'll see you back here next week. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.